0: Welcome to another episode of Open Doors, Conversations with Heart of the Father. I'm your host, Jacqueline Harper. Open Doors is a conversation about inviting God's love, presence, and power into our hearts. We are friends and teammates from Heart of the Father Ministries who share in the mission of setting captive hearts free through Unbound ministry. We're so glad you could join us.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Matt Lozano, Director of Training for Heart of the Father Ministries. Welcome to this episode. I'm going to share with you some stories about our most recent trip to Cameroon in West Africa. On July 21st through 30th, we were invited by Peter Newburn of Renewal Ministries. And with me today is Miriam Wright, who traveled with me And she's gone on several missions with Heart of the Father, sharing the message of Unbound worldwide. We led an Unbound Freedom in Christ conference in Cameroon, followed by three days of Unbound basic training. We had about 150 participants, including priests, religious sisters, and lay ministry leaders. And our host was Father Jude Thaddeus Lange, who is a superior for the Order of Claritians. Miriam Wright has worked with a large company. What kind of company was it, Miriam?
2: It was a steel industry.
1: Steel company. And you were in IT, right?
2: That's right. I was a manager of application software.
1: Wow. And she has traveled with me to a lot of countries. Uh, She's been with Heart of the Father to Ghana. Let's see. Slovenia, Poland, Tanzania, Guyana, and Cameroon several times. And Ireland. Ireland. I knew I was forgetting one. (laughs) Northern Ireland. Yep. Uh, She also runs her own ministry and she leads an encounter school in Ontario, Canada. Great to have you, Miriam.
2: It's great to be here, Matt. Good to be with you.
1: You've been to Cameroon three times, right? No, two times. Two times. Okay. What was memorable to you about this trip?
2: This trip was like the fulfillment of heart's desire. I was there in 2019, just before the pandemic it was a much smaller group. I was there with Peter Newburn. We really were introducing Unbound. We did the conference. We did a little bit of training with a much smaller group. And there was uh, one sister in particular who just really wanted to run with Unbound. She reached out a number of times over the intervening years about, please, can you come back? We're so hungry. We need your help. And, uh, we weren't able to go for various reasons. There were security issues in the country. Of course, A pandemic caused problems with travel. And so being able to go back and to see what had happened was like the fulfillment of the desire in my heart. And I think it was the fulfillment of some of their desires as well to formalize the training that they had been doing really on their own since 2019.
1: She was such a dynamo, that Sister Pascaline and I love the testimony of the priest that was with her. And he was like, Yeah, she prayed with me and I was set free, and now I'm on fire. And it's it just, was incredible. Yeah, it's really yeah. great. So the the conference was really well received. One of the highlights for me personally was uh listening to Father Jude share his testimony. Father Jude had been kidnapped uh years ago, experienced a lot of trauma, had a lot of people to forgive, and when you and Peter had visited earlier, you were able to minister to him, and he just gave this incredible testimony of how how free he really was to the point where he had forgiven and, and even embraced at least one of the men who had kidnapped him. It's really a, a tearjerker.
2: Well, he really exemplified the fullness of forgiveness in that he's now able to pray a blessing on those that had really tormented him and and tortured him during that time, um, which is just incredible.
1: He told me later that it was his priesthood, his vocation was really at stake. He was ready to give up. And that moment of you guys just affirming him, blessing him and, and leading him through the keys really changed his life. And now he's, now he's a superior in that order and having a profound impact on people. So Miriam, one of the things I love about you is you are just, you are an energizer bunny when it comes to people and you just love each person individually. You are so enthusiastic. Tell me, uh, what's your approach to like, just embracing people of different cultures and different, different countries?
2: I think the, the approach I take is just seeing people as children of God you know, different cultures, different contexts. But I remember something Neil said years ago is that Unbound really reveals the heart of each person. And it's the same heart, you know, human beings have the same heart, different stories, different traumas, different circumstances, but in a lot of ways, we're really all the same. So I think my approach is like, okay, well, we are the same, but we're different. So just approaching them and, and hearing their stories, where are they coming from? What are they experiencing? How are the teachings resonating with them? And just meeting them one-on-one and reminding myself that I don't have to solve their problems. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be God. I just get to be the person standing in front of them. And so having acquired my own freedom over the years and not feeling like I have to do what I can't do, uh, just meeting them where they're at and listening to them and blessing them and not being afraid of those differences and just, you know, reaching out to them, connecting one on one. And yeah, just seeing each person as the individual beloved child of God that they are and allowing myself to be that same with
1: them. That's awesome. You got a new moniker this time, <laughs> Mama Miriam. <laughs> a lot of the religious sisters and particularly the younger women, you really connected with the women really well, but but you were Mama Miriam, which was great, a great title for you.
2: Well, that really touched my heart, actually, because honestly, when I was thinking about the ministry and going to Cameroon, as much as I really wanted to go, when Peter invited me to come, I thought, well, Peter, you're going, you're a good teacher, Matt's going, what do you need me for? But I just really felt the Lord stirring my heart to go. And I think it was really on this trip that I was able to see kind of the unique perspective a woman can bring into a context like this. You know, we have a little bit different view, different way maybe of connecting with people. And also in particular for African women to see a woman from the West as a leader, I think is very important as a role model as well. So that when they would call me Mama Miriam or Auntie Miriam, I just mm-hmm. felt so deeply honored by that. But I really hope it was an encouragement to them yeah. as well. It was. Yeah, it was very touching.
1: It's great. So thanks to the generosity of our ministry and also our ministry partners, we were able to give everyone at that conference either a French or an English translation of the book Unbound, as well as a workbook, which their enthusiasm was off the charts. And taking copious notes in these workbooks was just great to see. So we were so grateful to be able to do that Everyone really left, I think, with the intention and with the equipping needed to minister in their diocese. And we were able to reach people from every diocese in the country. And you mentioned teaching. This leads to kind of the low light for me. So I I contracted malaria on the, I think it was the second to last day. And I was out. I mean, I, I did not move from my bed for about 14 hours. And so I asked Miriam to fill in for me. She had quite a a moment of grace. Can you tell us about that?
2: Sure. Yeah. So we always do as much as we can to prepare for a mission. If we're doing teachings, even though we're familiar with the material, it's always important to look it over, to think about what stories I'm going to use, what examples I'm going to use uh, to pray into it. So we do what we can to prepare. But in this case, I didn't have any time to prepare because I wasn't planning on doing that talk. So Fortunately, I'd been in this situation before. So again, with just recognizing the freedom the Lord had brought in me, I was expecting the grace, which is different because I remember the first time I was in a situation like that on one of my earlier missions, it was like panic. What am I going to do now? But I thought, okay, Lord, I don't have time to prepare. It's not my fault that I'm not prepared. I need you. Please Mm -hmm. step in. And so just took some time. Matt had excellent notes. I went through the notes, just prayed with it. And glory be to God. I just see more and more that when I recognize my littleness, I'm always little. I just don't always see my littleness. But in that situation, I just saw myself as so little because I hadn't had time to prepare. And I think that gave the Lord that much more room to move. And so if you ask me, what was the most anointed teaching I did all week? Well, it would be that one, the one <laughs> I didn't have time to prepare for. And I had fun doing it. I was free. Um, And it was a talk about manifestations and so forth. So it wasn't one of the easiest talks to give, but it was one I was able to deliver with confidence, with clarity, with examples. Everything was at my fingertips. It was just it flowed. So I'm like, okay, thank you, Lord. That was amazing.
1: That's a great lesson and makes me even grateful that I was in bed for (laughs) for 14 hours, that, that you could have that experience. And Peter came back. He was like, Miriam was was incredible. So that's great. So on the way home for me, sometimes there's challenges, whether it's that last leg of the journey or, you know, just the desolation that can come in sometimes when you've had a spiritual, just mountaintop experience with people at conferences. And then sometimes the week after can be really tough. And you were sharing with me just how, how the Lord was helping you through kind of a difficult week that followed. How was that for you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that it's over, I can say thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. At the time, it was pretty brutal. So I made a rookie mistake of not packing any Imodium with me on a trip to Africa. You should always have some with you. Usually I carry some (laughs) antibiotic as well, just in case. So rookie mistake to, uh, to not pack that. So the last day or so, I started getting into some stomach issues, but it seemed to be okay. But it got worse as I was traveling home. And crying out to the Lord a lot. Lord, help me save me timing. The one time I got stuck on a window seat. Uh. Uh, But it was okay. You know, I made it home. I got to the airport, which is about three hours from where I live. I got to the airport around uh, nine o'clock in the evening on the Saturday evening. Three hours later, my luggage still had not arrived. So Mm. I, you know, got a claim form and then drove home in the middle of the night. My stomach is still troubling me. I'm wondering how far it is to the next, you know, place where there's a, a restroom. And then I got home. So I was, of course, very tired. Um, I was, I think physically depleted as well, probably dehydrated, hadn't been drinking enough, hadn't eaten much either. And so physically depleted. And, you know, the enemy's just nasty. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's when you're physically low is, I think, often when he hits hard with other things. So I was inordinately upset about my suitcase. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was almost obsessing over it, which is a little unusual for me. So that kind of caught my attention. I'm like, why am I so upset about this? Mm -hmm. But then also we'd had a problem with our refrigerator. The freezer door was frozen shut, so we had to unplug it. So we didn't have a refrigerator for a week. And I was in just deep desolation. And I was just in that, I was just crying out to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, what's going on? Like, I asked you, Lord, you know, please, I just came home from mission. Why couldn't you get me my suitcase? And honestly, I have to admit, it kind of got to the point where what was crying out from my heart was, I knew you wouldn't show up. I Hmm. knew you wouldn't show up in prayer. And even as I'm crying out to the Lord like that, I'm thinking, wow, this is pretty dark. You know, but. Anyway, so I just kept crying out to the Lord. I stayed faithful to my prayer time. I went to mass, which is about all I was able to do. And even on the, the Tuesday morning, I was still not feeling that great. But I went to confession and I said to the priest, I said, Father, I need the grace of the sacrament. I'm honestly not sure what I need to confess. I'm pretty sure there's some whining and complaining and pride and self-pity in there. Not really sure. This is the deal. <laughs> I need some help. And so he he gave me the, the grace of the sacrament. And then in the next day or so. As I was just pondering more deeply with the Lord, like, Lord, what is going on? What I realized was in that depth of just being really so vulnerable, I was just so desolate physically, Mm. emotionally, spiritually, felt like I'd been abandoned by the Lord. And it was in that where I guess I was so vulnerable before the Lord that he revealed really a grief in my heart, which was completely unrelated to the mission that Mm. I'd been carrying. So you know how it is when things are rough. It's kind of like, and this went wrong, and this went wrong, and that went wrong. It is kind of like... Everything
1: is awful. (laughs) Everything is
2: awful. And so it was in that everything was awful, I was able to admit really for the first time that I'd been carrying a grief, kind of a, a certain lost dream that I hadn't really taken to the Lord. And I had come to believe that I just needed to carry that. That was my cross and not ask the Lord to kind of bring healing and to bring consolation into that. And so he did. He brought tremendous healing. But then the following week, I met with my spiritual director and she says, oh, you got a bit of backlash. I'm like, backlash? Back? What's backlash? And I'd never thought about backlash because I'd never experienced it like that before. And then as she said backlash, I realized the lie that had come to me was, is this really worth it? Mm. And i had been pondering. I'm like, man, oh, man, the physical impact, lost luggage, which did show up a week later, even though I had to drive three hours to pick it up. You know, is this really worth it? And then as soon as I saw the lie, I'm like, of course it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I would do it again a hundred times, even if it meant I never got my luggage back because it was so good. So but you
1: would bring the right medication.
2: <laughs> I would bring, you know, more rookie mistakes. <laughs> so, yeah, God's grace forever. But it's in that low, I think, the secret, just turning to the Lord and allowing him to be there and to just yeah. just to admit to him, what I really wasn't admitting to myself. Right. I mean, he already knew. So it was the revelation of myself to myself, right. As he Mm -hmm. does, but yeah. So just, again, a deeper level of freedom as a result of the desolation that came. So glory to God.
1: Yeah. Sometimes we run from those moments. Like, I got to feel better. You know, I got to get out of this funk and it's like, no, just let the Lord show you, you know, he used that desolation to show you a wound, which The enemy was trying to sow a lie into, but he really wanted to heal you through that. And who knows if we'd get there without the desolations, you know?
2: Well, exactly. Because the lie, so often the lie begins with, I should or Mm -hmm. I shouldn't, right? Mm -hmm. I shouldn't feel this way. This is simply the way it is. I need to bear my cross. Yeah. But the reality is I do feel this way, yeah. Lord, I do feel this way. So now what? What are we going to do with the fact that I do feel this way? I don't like feeling this way.
1: Yeah.
2: And that's when he moves in and he transforms it and he brings the freedom
1: and the grace. Yeah, I heard a therapist say, you need to stop shooting on yourself, meaning yeah. I should do this, I should do that. It's a, a spiral that we often fall into. It is amazing how you can feel like You know, you're in these moments where you're being a blessing and others are blessing you and you feel like I feel like a spiritual superhero. And then the next day you feel like a child throwing a tantrum. (laughs) It's like just humbles you. You know Yeah, you
2: are. I was a child throwing a tantrum. I didn't I was a child. I wasn't childlike. I was childish. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. But again, the Lord loves us even when we fall apart, for sure. Yeah.
1: He loves us there as much as the other. Yeah. That's beautiful, Miriam. Thank you for sharing that. And I know that's going to be a blessing for a lot of people. Would you mind closing us with a a little prayer for the folks who are listening?
2: Oh, Lord God, you are so good. You are so kind. And you have promised us that we are never alone. You would not leave us orphans. We are beloved sons and daughters. And so, Lord God, anyone who's out there right now who's just feeling like they've been abandoned by you, just speak truth to them. Let them know that you are with them in the midst of their suffering or their desolation or their confusion. And remind them that you have promised that you will bring good out of all trials for those who love you. And so, Lord, just bring that reminder, bring that consolation, bring that hope and give them eyes to see all the ways that you are loving them in the midst of these trials for their blessing and for your glory in jesus name amen
1: amen and lord we do ask that you bless sister pascaline father jude and the wonderful people of cameroon bless their ministries their taking up of unbound and give them everything that they need to thrive in jesus name amen
0: Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about taking hold of the freedom you have been given in Christ, check out our website, heartofthefather.com, and find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
1: This is Matt,
0: Jen, Rachel, and Jacqueline saying goodbye until next time.
1: Behold, I stand at the door and knock.
2: If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him. And
0: he with me, Revelation 3.20.